What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Bitcoin and Markets. My name is Ansel Lindner. What I do here is a daily live stream, and I put it out in podcast form. If you want to take part in the live streams, you can follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner, or better yet, go to the telegram t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Also, check out the website bitcoinandmarkets.com. Sign up for the free tier, get notified of all my content, get a free weekly newsletter. And there you can also become a full member and support me for $5 a month and support this unique perspective in Bitcoin. So I have been in Bitcoin for almost 10 years. I have an economics and business background as well as a military career. So I have a unique perspective, a unique outlook. And if you listen to this whole episode today, you'll get a taste of that unique outlook. So I want to thank everyone that supports over there on BitcoinAndMarkets.com. If you're new, I hope you enjoy the episode. Subscribe, like, share, check out BitcoinandMarkets.com. Okay, let's get into today's show. All right, everybody, welcome to another live stream. This morning sent out yesterday's stream in podcast form, and it turned out to be a really good show. So uh, that was on Japan, their relaxation of their yield curve control window and then reading of a previous post I had on yield curve control. Anyway, the show turned out pretty good. So make sure you check that out. Give it a listen, uh, especially if you didn't, you weren't here yesterday for yesterday's show. We did have quite a few people in Twitter spaces and I was, you know, happily surprised that it did not crash. So uh, Twitter spaces right now, has been working for me for the last couple of days. Uh, but there is a big chance that it will crash. So if you're listening over there on Spaces, jump onto the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets for a better listening experience. All right. So today is December 21st, 2022. And there was a lot of news yesterday, but things kind of just came to a grinding halt on the news cycle. Of course, it is the week before Christmas. So um, the news cycle is going to slow down. I just have a few things to go over today. We're going to talk about oil a little bit, look at the Bitcoin chart and stuff, go through a couple posts over there on Telegram, and that's about it. Then I'll open it up to guys over on Telegram to bring up their topics, whatever. And so let's get started. Okay, first thing I want to talk about is the oil price. I did just post this in the Telegram channel. It is a chart of U.S. oil production. It's at 12.2 million barrels per day. The chart looks a little bit closer to 12,500, but I think, let me go to the website again, make sure I got the right data here. One second. It is, yeah, 12,268 or 12,268,000, whatever. But it is starting to go up again. Bitcoin, or sorry, the U.S. has been a huge oil producer in over the last few years. Of course, when COVID hit, there was a huge crash in oil production from around 13 million barrels down to 10 million barrels. That has gone back up now, um, approaching, starting to get closer and closer to that all-time high production. Um, And that is one of the big things that you know, one of the big pieces in my whole thesis behind why the U.S. is going to do better over the next 
several decades than the rest of the world or many places in the rest of the world because we have this oil. We are going to be energy independent. We are going to be a net energy exporter. And we're already starting to see that, of course, with Europe, if they do these silly sanctions or these these uh, horrific sanctions against Russia, then, you know, they're just going to have to import stuff from the United States. But anyway, so production is up. But then I saw a headline this morning on Zero Hedge, and it's WTI extends gains after bigger than expected crude draw. So you know that the strategic petroleum reserve was still getting uh, depleted. I think it was about... 400,000 barrels a day, something in that ballpark that's coming to an end. So more and more of the um, crude storage is going to be drawn down, but we also see crude production up. So where does this fall, you know, net net? I think it's pretty, you know, even Uh, we are just about at the same supply conditions that we were say six months ago or two months ago. And uh, nothing really has changed. But what is changing is the price of oil. I saw it finally, it broke up to a, let me post that chart in Telegram. It uh, broke, you know, it was having lower highs and lower lows. And now it has a higher high. So it looks like it could be turning the corner here a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised with a price advance of oil up to $90 a barrel right now, like in the next month but we'll have to wait and see what that is what that tells me is that demand is actually going up and even though all of these people are screaming recession 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 i mean it's still possible but oil now is making a new higher high even though it is still below 80 dollars a barrel which is considerably lower than expected for most people. And that mainly got to that way uh, or that price because of decreased demand and increased supply a little bit with the strategic petroleum reserve releases. Um, But now price is starting to trickle back up with supply roughly in the same place as it was. And many, many supply chains have now gone back to normal or they're approaching normal. The only supply chains that really aren't back to normal really would be, of course, the sanction stuff with Russia and also the trade war stuff with China. So like the semiconductors and stuff. But other than that, like most raw materials and most supply chains around the world have gone back to normal. Um, So that's that, that's a good thing. That also plays into my uh, thesis on CPI. And one reason why CPI is coming down because, you know, supply chains were the primary cause. It wasn't money printing. So supply chains were the primary cause, and now they are relatively back to normal. And as soon as the Russia-Ukraine thing comes to an end, whether that's, uh, you know, in the next month or two or two years from now, it will come to an end, and and most likely those supply chains will also get back to some sort of normalcy. They will never be back the exact same way, but uh, they'll be back to some sort of normalcy, and that would be, uh, you know, pushing down on the CPI. That would be a negative influence on the CPI. So anyway, uh, about the oil, I I see these this 
temporary higher high right here with a possibility to break out a little bit higher even with the increase in production that tells me that there is some increase here in economic activity and so that pushes back on this idea that we are headed for an inevitable horrible recession i don't think i still do not think that we are headed towards a horrible recession because of the effects of CPI. But anyways, let's uh, go on to the next thing. What else did I want? Oh, let's take a look at the Bitcoin chart. Haven't talked about Bitcoin really in the last, well, I have talked about it, but not the chart in the last couple of days. So let me post this in Telegram. And you see that trend line really did hold up. So that trend line that was, you know, acting as resistance for almost half a year now, is acting as support here a little bit, um, which is very, very interesting to me. And we got a little bounce yesterday, new higher high also on Bitcoin. And so I, I, it's definitely not a bearish development, okay? The last 24 hours, 48 hours have been relatively bullish for Bitcoin. Not very bullish, but slightly bullish. And so we'll see what happens over the next little while. Once again, a lot of the concerns over um, GBTC have kind of quieted down. Oh, Binance. Yeah, Binance. They, I haven't noticed much about Binance either. People kind of got exhausted uh, on their Binance FUD and nothing has really come of it. We'll see. I mean, it could maybe at the end of the year when the people start balancing their books or you know filing their taxes or whatever they have to do um that's when we see some other fallout from earlier this year so that, that those type of things can still happen but overall i think it's a much quieter week in bitcoin so and with bitcoin holding these these prices holding the bottom here i think that is a pretty good sign also stocks which bitcoin is really correlated to right now. Of course, that correlation will break eventually. Stocks are having a very nice green day, but they are running into a resistance that I have on my chart. I'll put this also into the Telegram. And so, yeah, uh, the S&P 500 is running into this kind of zone of resistance and we'll see where it goes. Traditionally, the last two weeks of the year are fairly positive for the stock market. They're actually, I think, among the two best weeks of the year, if, you know, on average. So that it shouldn't surprise anybody that we bounce here a little bit. I still am overall, like I said, thinking we're going to avoid a recession, a hard recession. And a lot of people are going to price in a very hard recession. And so uh, they will underweight stocks. I also posted this morning in Telegram, this chart of checkable deposits in the United States, the total aggregate balance of checkable deposits, and it is off the charts. It's like $5 trillion. It's very, very high. So where was it uh, pre-COVID? Let me go back here and look. My scroll wheel doesn't work very good on my mouse. There we go. Is So pre-COVID, we were sitting about $1 trillion in checkable deposits in the United States, and right now we are at $5 trillion. So there's a huge amount of cash on the sidelines, absolutely huge amount of cash. 
Um, where will that go? Well, that can rotate back into Bitcoin. It can rotate back into stocks and bonds. I mean, it might not rotate as much into bonds, but uh, that is a possibility as well. So the thesis here for next year, I just want to point this out. Everybody, almost everybody, I don't want to have an absolute here, that most people, most analysts are expecting a massive recession in 2023 huge stock market sell-off, more and more pain. And my prediction here is in 2023, we actually see a rally in both stocks, bonds, and including Bitcoin. So we had one of the worst years on record, or maybe the worst year, I think, for the the 60-40 portfolio. We're going to have one of the best years, I think, in 2023. So that is, it is a contrarian take. I'm throwing it out there, and we'll see how it how it turns out but that would match my thesis here my total global economic thesis what else do we have here today i did post that this is kind of a random thought because this is like a free form wednesday so this was a random thought that i had that i posted on telegram and the bottom line is that mo the you know tldr is the most people think if government involvement got out of the way, or if governments got out of the way, we didn't have as much intervention, et cetera, et cetera, that living standards would go up, people would become more wealthy, the economy would take off. But I really don't believe that uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I outlined in this, this kind of random thought on Telegram is that we are kind of stuck in this this debt trap where we go to work because we have to service our debt. You know, we have to pay our mortgage. We have to, you know, keep grinding, keep grinding just to keep our head above water. I think that's a a huge amount of people in the United States and in Western culture. Uh, That is um, a big, big problem. And so the government and the system that's set up right now with the dollar being credit-based money, the global financial system, is that we are constantly pushing forward. There is this this drive, unhealthy drive, to continue to innovate, to continue to push forward, to continue to squeeze out pennies. And if the government was not involved and we would go back to sound money with Bitcoin, there will be less government involvement, less debt to push us forward on in this debt uh, mouse wheel or whatever we're on. And there will be, uh, we will be more wealth, we'll be less wealthy materially, but we'll be more wealthy in psych, uh, psychological health, biological health, family health, um, all sorts of things, cultural health, because our culture is suffering, I think, in a lot of places in the world. Um, so anyway, that, that was my kind of thought on the matter, that uh, if if government does get out of the way, that it's not going to end up like people think. Um, many people think, just like in the the idea where if the U.S. got out of people's way, if the West, if the U.S. got out of South America or Central America and the U.S. got out of Africa and the Middle East, that these places would blossom, which is not the case. It's the same with this. If the government gets out of the way, people think that we will, you know, the golden future, <laughs> this uh, c- cities paved in gold and stuff, and that that wouldn't happen either. 
we would most likely choose to live a little bit more within our means, right? And at the end of this deep thought that I had, I said, it sound, I sound a little bit Luddite. It feels like when I say it out loud, that's what it feels like. But I don't think it is a Luddite type of argument because we are, humans are constrained by nature. We are just animals. And the effect that nature has on us, the effect that the environment has on us, the effect that geography, the effect, all this stuff uh, that has on not only the individual, but the local region, the culture, uh, all of humanity, the effects of our natural constraints. People don't want to believe in that. That's a, it's, it's really a totally atheist type of view. Most people have a, a religious view about this, this stuff, that humans are the chosen race. Humans are the chosen animal. We are the top of the food chain, et cetera, et cetera. I don't believe that. You know, we have more bacteria in our bodies than human cells. Who's really in charge? If, if their aliens came to this planet, they would look, they would say, oh my God, the bacteria, this is a bacteria planet. They wouldn't even like consider this being a human world. We're, we're all dependent on everything else in the world. Just like if we have the bird flu rip through the, um, you know, chicken laying population in the United States. This happens every couple of years and they have to kill off millions of chickens. You know, what if we had a, a lab leak like of a coronavirus, but it was a bird flu and it literally killed all birds. There would be economic fall or not. Yeah, there'd be economic ecological fallout from that. So are we the top people? Are we the top life forms on this planet? I don't think so. We are dependent on our environment. And if there's less central planning, most likely we'll be more in tune with that environment because central planning is a distortion of nature in a way, I guess. It's not really, but it, it can uh, push off realization of the constraints that nature puts on us. So anyway, I, th that was my deep thought. I know it sounds a little crazy, but anyway, I'm just going to open it up to anybody over here on Telegram. Kind of a short show today. If you guys have topics you want to bring up that you think I missed over the last 24 hours or whatever, feel free. Anything else you have to say, go ahead and uh, raise your hand. I'll bring you in. Hey, Bitcoin Tina is on Twitter Spaces. What's up? All right. No hands raised over there on Telegram. Last admin notes, guys. Uh, thanks for joining on Spaces and Telegram. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're listening to this the next day, appreciate everybody. Join the Telegram, t.me forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. That's where all these deep thoughts happen. <laughs> and a lot more kind of conversation then goes on uh, on my Twitter feed. But all right. Well, that's going to do it for today, guys. Thank you. Have a great uh, rest of the day. And I'll chat with you tomorrow. Bye.